searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to, one that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids, well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right. I don't know, man. I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Biden gone, but I don't know. Not just gone. I want to see him get what's coming to him. He sold his country out. Yeah, public shaming. Rick wants to be uh, uh, at the front of the line when they go to throw the tomatoes. So maybe you remember the name Tony Bobolinsky. This was at the beginning of the whole... Remember when the New York Post put out the story about Biden's Hunter Biden's laptop and... Then the Biden administration went over to Facebook and Twitter at the time. and He's the first person to corroborate all the stuff found in the laptop, wasn't he? That's what I was going about to say here. So, yeah, when all, was that, all that was called Russian disinformation, this guy came out and did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and he offered to do an interview. Didn't He, he actually did a uh, hearing with Congress, didn't he? Uh, was, yeah, he did meet with the FBI like a few times. But just like with everything else, you're being duped. I mean, it's the uniparty. There's only one party. It's not Democrats and Republicans. They're all, all one pile, different bandwidth. You know, I mean, different, uh, you know, leanings. But at the same time, they're all the same. They're all the same. Nobody does anything. It's all theater for you to have look at it and go like I do and go, man, yeah, if only, if only. And then, of course, nothing ever happens. Look at the whole, whatever happened to the impeachment probe on on uh, President Biden, huh, for all the corruption and the millions of dollars he yeah, took. Yeah, where'd from- that go? It's there. It's there somewhere. But, I mean, what's the point of this? The guy's not going to make it to November, so what's the point? Anyway, uh. let's get to this Bobolinsky thing. So he did an interview back. Was this right before the election? I believe so. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because he, um, he mentioned uh, seeing Biden at the debate. So, yeah, right beforehand. Now, if you don't know what happened, I, I'll go through this because I want you to have background so you understand why this is so important. It's happening today. Tony Bobolinsky was a business partner of the president's son, Hunter, and brother, James. Their job was to array, make arrangements with foreigners to uh, do deals to use his dad, that is, of course, Joe Biden, as the influencer. He was the vice president. They were selling his influence to just about anybody that wants to pay for it. It didn't matter what it was. It could be corporate interest. They wanted to do business in the U.S. They need some regulation, some legislation changed or something. It was all bribery, basically. But it was a business that Hunter Biden and this other guy, Jim, well, Joe's brother, ran, Jim Biden. Tony Bobolinsky, unlike them, was one of the upstanding guys. This guy has a hell of a background. Just to give you an idea of his military background, he's a former U.S. Naval officer, instructor from the elite Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. He grew up steeped in American military honors. His family was well-decorated by the Navy, Army, and Air Force. He's a veteran. He got, This goes back three generations. This guy... Uh, you can't find any skeletons, any of his closets. I doubt he even has closets. So <laughs> this guy's clean as it comes. He's going to testify today against Joe Biden. But he had all these goods back when it was being censored. It's still being censored. Facebook is still taking down posts that they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But this is Tony Bobolinsky back 
three years ago telling Mr. Tucker everything he knew about the Joe Biden um, business dealings where he was getting millions of dollars from our enemies. I assure you, this is the absolute last place I want to be right now and the last thing I want to be doing right now. But I feel like I have a patriotic duty to this country and every American citizen to go on record and to find the facts for them and let them do their own work. Let them decide how they view those facts or not. But for the Biden family to deny these facts and then not only deny them, they could have just said no comment. But they didn't say no comment. They then brought in Russian disinformation and basically associated my name with that, which is absolutely disgusting to me. When he got really frightened was when Hunter and Jim Biden, I keep wanting to say Jim Belushi, Jim Biden, and Tony Bobolinsky found out that those two were dealing with China in 2015. It was a deal that ended up paying the Bidens and his associates $9 million from a Chinese energy company that was, of course, I mean, just like everything else in China, run by the Chinese Communist Party. So you would call somebody who does that behind our back to get money a traitor, right? I suppose you would. Yeah, so Tony has all the goods, and it's all well-documented. And you spoke to Rob Walker about it. Again, the, the self-described Biden family representative. And Biden family, the meaning Joe Biden as well. What was his response when you let him know that you were going public with this? Trying to coach me, <laughs> trying to sort of say, hey, we don't want to do that. We don't want, you know, press trucks out in front of our house. Basically, Rob's position was, if you go on record with all these facts, you'll bury all of us. If he doesn't come out on record, I am uh, providing the facts. Tony, you're just going to just bury all of us, man. What was your response to that? I was focused on pushing these guys to do the right thing to demonstrate an ounce of integrity in front of the American people. They all know the facts. I live the facts. And luckily for the American people, all the facts are extremely well documented. I'm irrelevant in this discussion. So I can write off, but the American people can read these texts, listen to the recording that you just played, read the legal documents that were executed in Delaware, and they can form their own conclusion. Now, he's going to fill in all the gaps that nobody else was able to fill in or unwilling to fill in today. So today's the big hearing. They say, I mean, they say this all the time because, again, it's all drama. I don't believe it till I see it. But they say that he's the most deadly witness in this entire thing because he was involved in the business as it occurred. Well, now they're already trying to discredit him. Did you hear about that? Are you kidding? Of course they're going to. What, what now? <clears throat> because now they're saying, and of course this is a left-leaning uh, news source that I'm getting this from, but this is just, just so you could see their side of it. They're trying to discredit him, saying that he has connections to a Russian oligarch. It's a Russian billionaire, Victor Vekelsberg, who mm-hmm. was a... Uh, he was born in Ukraine, and he's a close ally of Vladimir Putin. So that's what they're going to say is, this is an ancestor of someone that was good friends with Putin... And so they're already, the story, I just, right. I pulled it up as soon as you were talking about it, and it's the first things that pop up, like, oh, are we really going to believe this guy and the case, blah, 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 like this whistleblower, look at his connections, why would we listen to him? Well, we'll see, it's going to happen today, I'm not going to get all worked up, oh, you how many times did they say, we have all the evidence, and all the evidence is here, and we have it here, but they never showed you the evidence, and of course, nothing seems to come of anything. Now it's this one. So let's see if this does anything to push it over the top. But this is all about China. China paying off politicians in the United States. This has been a vital approach pursued by the communist government. A strategy first proposed by Mao in 1956. Yang Wei Zhong Yong, or Make the Foreign Serve China. Too many of America's political, tech, and finance elites share an infatuation with dictatorship. They seem quite content with, indeed even endorse the notion, 
that we should trust people to pick their breakfast cereal, but not their government leaders. Yep. That's uh, from the book Red Handed by Peter Schweitzer. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, China owns us. All of them. They want to own everything. Democrats, Republicans, it doesn't matter. They're all on the take. Mm -hmm. Just about all. What was that? That's a shame. Anyway, uh, this is this is actually comical. Now, new NBC poll. They don't like these polls when they come out of their own headquarters. <laughs> NBC, the liberal network, their uh, new poll came out, says that now 81% of people, 81% of people believe not only that Biden's losing it, but that the media is trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. Wait, what did I send you yesterday? I sent you something. That has to do with that about if Facebook is doing it again. It is. Oh, uh, Facebook is. Uh, Facebook. Oh, here's what it, this had to do with the Tucker Carlson thing. But it said Facebook demoted the video of Tucker Carlson by 50 percent at demand of the Biden White House, of Biden and what the White House. Yeah. You know, so long- they're going to them going, hey, this story. Yeah, no, I need you to drop it down to uh, don't let as many people see it. As, I mean, they won't know, but we'll know. So Alejandro Mayorkas, he's the biggest stooge ever, right? He's the one that's been going around the border is secure while thousands, millions of them trounce over his ball-farted head. So anyway, he is uh, talking yesterday. I forget who, what's one of the networks. He's, what, what difference does it make at this point? Right. One of the three big networks. And here's what he said. He was asked about Biden. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp in Intensely probing and right. detail-oriented and focused. Really? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> Did you hear that? The attention to detail. Ukraine. Oh, not I mean, at all. Iraq, Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah, detailed. Talks to dead people, but very detailed conversations. He is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. <laughs> I see dead people. So, yeah, so Alejandro Mayorga sees so detailed. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing, and right. detail oriented and focused. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Need a little help writing a speech for when I get reelected. Oh, I don't think you're going to need a reelection speech. You're on vacation while the world is falling apart. Rectal exams are more popular than you at this point. <laughs> Why don't you just take another nap? Damn it, Siri. <laughs> All right, so there's been uh, some shootings around the world here, a lot of them here in the United States, because we no longer have any laws. Well, we nobody really gets do. in trouble for anything, yeah. So a uh, little New York City subway violence yesterday. Uh, citywide manhunt ensued afterwards. One person was killed and five others injured in a shooting at the Bronx subway station in New York City. I had a friend uh, tell me that uh, she left the building seconds after the shooting. Mm-hmm. So think about that. That's where somebody actually got uh, shot right. uh, unintentionally. Wasn't part of the what was going on, but you know took a stray bullet. So she's saying she can't even leave her office now. That's what someone was walking home from work. It was daylight. And she said the same thing. She was, I'm leaving work and I'm walking home trying to uh, do what I do every single day. It's not like I'm doing something different. She said, there's just some kind of eerie overtone right now. I don't know what's going on. She said, there's helicopters above. There's all this crazy stuff going on. And that's what she said. I don't even feel safe going to and from work from my house to work back and forth anymore. 
This happened at 4.38 in the afternoon. That's what I'm saying. The sun was still up. Right in the middle of the Bronx. At press conference last night, NYPD Transit uh, Chief Michael Kember said that a 34-year-old man was killed in the shooting with the other victims, uh, ranging in the age from 14 to 71. Five injured people all had injuries that were, uh, we weren't life-threatening. We do have audio. Yeah. We don't believe this was a random shooting. We do not believe that this was an individual indiscriminately firing into a train or in a train station. This incident today occurred or it was as a result of two groups that started fighting while on a train. You are now NYPD's most wanted and you have the greatest detectives in the world looking for you. We suggest you turn yourself in because you're not going to make it. Wow. This is unacceptable. And when detectives make an arrest, and notice I said when, because I'm very confident they will, there must be swift, immediate, strong consequences. Yeah, and then uh, Alvin Bragg will let him out in two hours. Mm. I'm sure he'll go out yeah. the back door. Uh, police in Houston have identified the shooter who opened fire at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church on Sunday. Oh, not the Osteen Money Factory. Uh, is it Janice or Janice? I think it's Janice. Janice Ivoni Moreno. Moreno, originally from El Salvador, who had a lengthy criminal record there. Also, she she came over here, or how do we know her origin? I don't know that if she's illegal. I don't know if she's an illegal uh, or not. Anyway, she uh, previously used the name Jeffrey Escalante Moreno because she was a dude. No, no. She was born female. Oh, she was she born trans- female and became she a dude. She identifies as a male, so you'll hear them say the alias is Jeffrey, but she was born a female. Ah, Escalante. Let's pray uh, Troy Finner. He is the chief of police in Houston. Right. Is identified by a driver's license as Genesee Moreno. 36 years old, Hispanic female. Uh, there are some discrepancies. We do have reports. She used multiple aliases, including Jeffrey Escalante. Through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female. We do have some facts that she was uh, put under an emergency detention order by Houston police officers, uh, we believe in 2016. Uh, we do believe that she does have a mental health history that is documented through us. Now, she is the biological mother of a seven-year-old mm-hmm. who is in critical condition after being shot in the uh, exchange, gunfire exchange. She had a rifle. She shot first. They shot back, and they killed her. And it, didn't it say Palestine on her gun? It said Palestine on uh, her uh, AR-15 on the gun, yeah, itself. Uh, there were some anti-Semitic writings that were found inside her vehicle, but they haven't told us exactly what that is yet. So. Okay. Yep. Um, this is horrible, okay? It doesn't get any worse than this. An unnamed victim in Oregon is the first case of deadly medieval plague in eight years. Wait, like bubonic? No, it's bubonic. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Suffers, the red bubonic plague. Well, I don't even say red. It just said bubonic plague. From a, Probably got it from a cat. Now, here's that, how that happens before you start throwing your cats out the window. Uh, cats that are kept outside carry a lot of bacteria on their tongue. Mm-hmm. And if you notice that you have, I mean, look, the chances of this right now, very rare. Flu-like symptoms include fatigue, fever, chills, and headache. Sufferers will develop abdominal pain after that, diarrhea and vomiting, and some people bleed from the mouth, nose, or rectum. Go to the hospital oh. at that point. 
Uh, and, and, uh, this sentence here. Was that the same story that we um, were doing where we said someone was walking through somewhere and they just started bleeding from their mouth? And no, they... that was on an airplane. Oh, okay. Yeah, was that I... guy just bled out. He just That's exploded. So okay. We still don't know about that one. Uh, anyway, anybody who has had close contact with anybody that's you know displaying these symptoms definitely report it. Uh, the infectious bacterial disease that carried by wild rodents on their uh, and the fleas that get on them. So if a flea gets uh, infected and goes onto a cat and the cat's outside hanging out, or if you have an outdoor uh, cat that eats rats, uh, oh, that's a good point. I you didn't know, think they of that eat, one. They eat rodents. Oof. Oh no! Uh, suspended gunman is one is wanted after a road rage shooting here in Orlando happened yesterday. Cops told News 6 that the shooting happened near John Young Parkway and West Colonial Drive. Busy intersection there, that mishmash of lanes and everything, mm-hmm. left, oh, yeah. right, left, right. Uh, that's where the shooting happened. Oh, no. They changed that up, too. I was just through there the other day. I'm like, wait a second. Again? I, I don't know. Maybe they just repainted the lines, but I felt confusion. <laughs> Finally, President Joe Biden took to social media ahead of the Super Bowl on Sunday to take a jab at snack companies. Now... You want to hear the ad again? Play a little bit of the ad. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. <laughs> you know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. And don't make any profit and go out of business because that's what we want. You suck, yeah. you jackass. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's like everything's gotten so expensive. But, you know, it gets so expensive because the people who make stuff and uh, supply you the stuff in a grocery store setting, they don't make a lot of money. So when you start cutting into the profits, all of a sudden they're not viable any longer. They go out of business. But I think the thing that gets people mad is if you charged more for the same product, okay. Or if you made the product smaller because it was more expensive, okay. But they're doing both. They're charging more and everything's smaller. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to find who the culprit is there. But I mean, at the same time, uh, the overwhelming increase in f- food prices is kind of calls for both actions, I think. I mean, no having a diner, yeah. the, the prices, nobody realizes how much stuff has gone up. Like, I'm talking 300% on some items. Oh, Eggs, I believe it. Bacon. I 100% believe it. But it's, it's you know, you talked about your cookie thing yesterday. Oh, yeah, my grandma's cookies. But that's, that's you know, I was looking at a Hostess cupcake not too long ago, and it was the size of a mini muffin. I'm like, where's the rest of it? Why is it so little? Is the Twinkies gone down too? They're probably, I haven't had a Twinkie in a zillion years, but I'm sure they're- That's how long they last. I know. Right? The, the bags of chips? Yeah. The chip bags are smaller, but I will say they seem more full. No, I was going to say the opposite. Well, because like, I don't feel like there's as much air in them, but you're also getting a smaller bag. So maybe it's probably the same amount of chips, but the smaller bag. Because somebody opened air. one the other day. I saw it on social media, and they took a picture of the inside of the bag, and they said, just opened this bag a few seconds ago. No chips have been taken out of it, and it was maybe a third full. That's maybe, it? Maybe. Yeesh. It was wow. so empty. That was, well, it you're was... probably holding it wrong. you got to lay it down on the oh, side. That's what you have to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Hi, folks. Thanks for coming. And I, President Biden, the president, have a very important message for the snack companies with the snacks. I'm going to begin the fight on shrinkflation. Any questions? Yes, Mr. President. What is shrinkflation? That's what happens to me when I swim in a cold pool. <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. Shrinkflation is with the snacks. When you open up a bag of chips and it's shrunk, the amount of uh, the, um, oh, hell, you know. No, sir, I don't know. Well, it's like you've got some Cheetos, right? And they're usually big. And then they go swim in the pool and they shrink. Makes it a tiny Cheeto. Mr. President, I think you're confused. Maybe you're the one who's some guy. Wow. For the, uh, no more questions, man. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I call that a lose, lose, lose. Streaming right now on 1059sunnyfm.com. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. Wakey, wakey. What is this? Wakey, wakey. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. But first, turn on the radio. Can I turn on the radio? Can I turn on the radio? Hey, mind if I turn on the radio? Turn the radio on. You guys mind if I turn on the radio? Just shut up and turn the radio on. Put the radio on. Turn the radio on. Happy World Radio Day. Okay, everybody, it's showtime. It is World Radio Day. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently, it's every year on February the 13th. Over 80% of Americans listen to the radio every single week. Thank God for us. Otherwise, no, we'd know. be out of a job. I know. So there you go. Just thought I'd mention that real fast. Happy World Radio Day, everyone. Shouldn't we be off? It should be a national holiday for us, you would think. Yeah. We don't get holidays in the world of radio. When's National Streamers Day? I don't know. National Podcasters Day. I bet you there's a Podcasters Day. Well, because everyone and their dog can be a podcaster. Well, we are. We're podcasting right well, now. We're, we're, we podcast our show, right. you know, from our radio show onto a podcast. But it's funny because you can, all you have to do is have a microphone and some oh, internet. Yeah. There's some bad stuff out there, man. That's everybody. It's incredible. You got some people that have their dirty ass living room in the background, kids running around and they're doing a serious podcast about, you know, cleaning. Well, I'll tell you this. Some podcasters, I'll watch and I'm like, that's a sweet setup. Yeah. They have a whole room for it. Like, you make fun of me if you want. I love the reality show about Sylvester Stallone's family. His daughter, two, both his daughter, he's three daughters, but two of them have a podcast. Of course they do. The setup is like, well, of course. The nicest radio station setup you've ever seen. And I'm like, that's your podcast. And We'd have a nice one if we were rich, too. And they probably no. don't know how to use half the, most of the equipment. And, and the way a lot of people do now their podcast is kind of like how Joe Rogan does. They do it. You can listen to the audio, but you can also watch the video. Yeah. So, and people, I think, like seeing both. Well, you you're know, not going to get that any, here. No, I've tried to get Rick to do it, and he just no. wants no part of it. Can you imagine if people saw what actually goes on behind here? <laughs> yeah, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Well, it doesn't need to be what we say <laughs> off air, but people want to... See him hit me. 
You're it's lucky a, it's you, have a bu- you have like bulletproof, soundproof glass between the two of you, which is a good thing. It's ugly times. no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, we're we're not always looking presentable. Yeah, I'm not going to. He's dressed in a, in a woolly mammoth outfit this morning. He actually well, looks nicer know. than the two of us right now because he's what got What are you a, talking about? It looks hey. like he's homeless. He's ben got a I'm sorry, Jill? houseless that's or like unhoused. An, unhoused. That's like an American Eagle waffle sweater he's got on. He's got some nice slacks on. They're the same slacks I was wearing that yesterday. That looks like it's you're fine. going to an Eddie Vedder acoustic night at the <laughs> Pantheon. Uh, what are you dressed for? Fishing on your couch? I am. I'm dressed for bass fishing. No, I'll admit it. In I, sweatpants. I took a shower this morning, but I'm Whoa. wearing a sweatshirt and sweatpants right now. But I'm clean. I just don't look very clean, but so, I am. Happy National Radio Day. <laughs> you don't look very clean. I said I might, because I don't have any makeup on. My hair's not like done or anything well, like that. Do but I'm clean. I, I hate makeup. Well, it's good because I never wear it. <laughs> no, I mean, I just can't say, I tell my wife, well, why are you wearing makeup? I know what you look like. Yeah. Sometimes women want to, they, they do it because it makes them feel better about themselves. Okay. Every so often Whatever. I like to put a little mascara on, but I mean, you're, you got to look at me. I can't see myself, so it's really it's really for your sake. You know what's funny is you really, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you put if you went to the bathroom and I put makeup on and came back, I would notice it. Julie, you don't wear heavy makeup anyway, though. But on a daily basis, I wouldn't be able to tell. I wouldn't even look. I wore mascara and a little bit of eyeliner not too long ago, and Smoke was like, look at you. You're all dolled up. You got your eyes on. (laughs) (laughs) It's. uh, I mean, sometimes you notice, sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's something I want to talk about today. Um, In a couple days, we'll be over talking about the Super Bowl, and everybody's going to be over it. But I just wanted to point something out, because I didn't know this either. So... The Taylor Swift effect. I didn't know what that was. And they're talking about, did she really make an impact on the Super Bowl numerically? No. Well, well, it turns out, A, it was the most watched Super Bowl ever. Oh, you're talking about ratings. Okay. Yes. And they got advertisers that are adverti- that advertised at the Super Bowl that they haven't had in decades. Because now you have these companies that said, wow... We're opened up to a whole new demographic now, so we might have these younger girls. Dove was one example. We might have these younger girls that we can advertise our product to, but we also get to expose our product to a bunch of people that might not have seen it. So now they have people spending money for their commercials that haven't spent money with them in a very long time. So they loved it. Right. Foosball. So here's what was interesting to me. So Megan Kelly, and I didn't get the audio, uh, I should have, she was mad yesterday. She was mad about how much that they showed Taylor Swift. She said, I was sick of seeing her. They showed her constantly. Even when Travis Kelsey didn't score or do something, they still showed her face. Well, I looked it up. According to multiple sources, now you got to remember, this broadcast that started at 530, it lasted four hours and 20 minutes. They showed Twiler, t- Twiler, Taylor Swift 12 times with a total of 53 seconds. Now, if you do the math, it's like 0.04% that Taylor Swift was shown. Yeah. Mm. So she really wasn't as much. You feel like it's a lot because you've been exposed uh-huh. to her over the past couple of weeks. But when you broke it down mathematically, mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't a whole lot. Well, I, I have the Megyn Kelly. Gallivan with your fancy foosball friends while I'm sitting here all day with nobody to keep me company. Is that Steve? Yeah, it's Megan's dog. Well, what, what I also found funny was on social media, I was bored yesterday, on social media, the people that were angry that they showed Taylor Swift, if you scrolled back the night before, were the same people that said they didn't watch the Super Bowl. 
So they were like, I was so sick of seeing Taylor Swift. Why do they have to show her all the time? I can't stand her. I'm so over her. Look at her there. Just eating it up. And then you scroll back and they're like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl's garbage. It's like, well, if you didn't watch it, then... Why? Well, they're the How same. How did you know? Why are you mad that they showed her if you screamed that you weren't watching it? They're the same people that right here. I hate your show. I hate it. all four hours of it. I hate to listen every four hours. I can't stand it. And tomorrow when I listen, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I don't like about your show tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't know this. My husband and I were chatting yesterday, and he told me. So apparently, they have different rules for overtime in NFL, and some of the 49ers weren't aware of it. So when they went into overtime and the 49ers scored, they thought that was it. They didn't realize that the Chiefs had a chance to also score. So here, who is this? Is this Brock Purdy? This is somebody from the 49ers listening. I don't have anybody in that slot, but okay. Brock you know what? Purdy. I didn't even realize. Oh, here it is. Okay. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different oh, in overtime. So I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy. I don't get this. I don't. I didn't watch any of the season. I'm not into football like I used to be. I used to know everything. I even knew that they changed the rules on overtime. Yeah, yeah. he said before the game. This that was the head coach, by the way. I misspoke. That's not Brock. That was Kyle Shanahan. He should have known. He, well, he said they talked before the game about some overtime possibilities, and the conversations were never carried over to the team. So, according to um, one of the defensive linemen. They didn't realize the overtime rules were different until he saw them displayed on the scoreboard at the stadium. And they were like, oh, wait. So a lot of people are saying that's what attributed to the 49ers losing. So I don't know. Well, I Why? mean, they got a chance to defend to defend what happened. I mean, it, yeah. Did but the rules yes, get but no. changed then? Yeah, Over for time. playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize they changed just once you got up. Neither did they, <laughs> apparently. Uh, huh. Um. And then what everyone's talking about, the memes are hysterical, are Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid, or what we took as screaming at Andy Reid. Now we have looked like he was yelling to me. Yeah, so we have audio. This is from Travis's mouth, and then you're also going to hear right after that Andy, because on ESPN after the game, they were obviously asking them about all that. When you and Andy Reid had that, what I call a very engaging conversation. Oh, y'all got saw you guys saw that. What was the conversation <laughs> well, about? Was it were a few cameras? I mean, was it? Hey, I need the ball. I can help us win. What was that about? Uh, man, it was. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it between us unless my mic up tells the world. But uh, I was just telling him how much I love him. <laughs> I see. And here's Andy. Okay. Was Travis giving that speech on the sideline when he ran into you oh, in the yeah. first half? No. <laughs> he keeps me young. Yeah. <laughs> so, the balance look good. Yeah, yeah not so good. He touched, touched that hip out. You know. yeah, I know. Like JB's got a new hip, too. Yeah, man. You, you, you took a good hit right there. But, but that's I, how you guys communicate sometimes. Well, he caught me off balance. So normally, I'd give him a little bit, but you know, <laughs> I didn't have any feet under me. It, Andy, Andy, oh, Andy, Andy, Andy look out, he's coming here again. Diva! <laughs> God, <your> beer breath. <laughs> yeah, Andy said, well, he wasn't drinking while he was playing, but oh. uh, Andy said, the part I love about Travis is that Travis loves to play the game and he really wants to help. So ultimately, what the conclusion was, was Travis was like, no, let me stay in. I can help. Let me, give me the ball. I can score. Oh, and so he was he yelling was, in a nice way. Well, he was, you know, you're heated. It's the biggest game of the year. 
Yeah, he's, he's I can, I don't think the best description is that he was roaring yeah. at Andy. Well, so, I love how look, people were like, the, that behavior, it's like, you, that's the, you think that's the first time a football player has ever gotten heated, really? Do you yeah. never watch the sport? But when you look at the still photos, it looked like he was going to eat his face. <laughs> it did. It did. I was <laughs> like, oh, he looked like a oh. T-Rex about to eat the lawyer on the toilet. Like, it was right. Just, I sent you a crop photo. His mouth was bigger than Andy's head. And I saw so many of them. What was the other one? I saw I, I saw a bunch of them that were that were really funny. The memes were hilarious. You got to look them up. But Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and if you need uh, yeah. a little help expressing your love for someone, Travis Kelsey can actually help you. This Valentine's Day, give her something that she has to hear to believe. The Travis Kelsey Talking Valentine's Day card. Here you go, honey. Ooh, a card. Ah! What's the matter with you? I love you. I shouldn't have to tell you again. I love you. Yikes. Yes, only the Travis Kelsey Talking Valentine's Day card will show them how you really feel. I got you a card, too. Ooh, nice. Ah, what's your problem? Huh? You got a problem? Well, I've got the solution. My love. I love you. Ah! Oh, great. Our cards woke up the baby. The Travis Kelsey Talking Valentine's Day card in stores now. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. What you want to go and do a stupid thing like that for anyway? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. So, have you guys had uh, exploding head syndrome lately? Um, metaphorically? No, really. Well, no, yeah, metaphorically. That's sort of, yeah, figuratively. So, uh, yeah, there's this thing called exploding head syndrome. Now, it's not that your head's actually exploding is why you're asleep. Uh, you wake up to a loud bang. Boom, oh, boom, 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 boom. I, I have had that. It's inside your head, though, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. You were just like, Whoosh. Yeah. The, the sound can be terrifying, but it could be anything from a light knock to a crash to an explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell is this hideous name thing all about? The syndrome is a parasomnia sleep disorder that shows up as sounds that make people believe they're hearing a loud explosion. The Sleep Foundation says it happens during the transition between being asleep and being awake. How do you treat it? You don't. Sorry. Boom. Well, I would talk to somebody about that one time. And because you'll know, oh, I don't know if you do. For me, if I'm sleeping and I hear something, my internal reaction is to get up and see what it is. But you notice you're, you're paralyzed almost. Like you can't move when you, if you're laying there and you hear it and you try to move, it's almost like you can't. Really? And I asked my doctor about it and he said, that's a safety mechanism your body goes into. Because let's say you're half in, you're half asleep and you're half awake and you hear something and you get up and you think you're... You might not be in the area that in your brain you think you are, and you could trip over something or hurt yourself or fall, so your body almost paralyzes itself to protect you from getting hurt. Oh, wow. That's how it was explained to me. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh, back when you were a monkey living in the tree, and that's where you slept, you had to wake up real fast so you don't fall out. Did you just call me a monkey? Well, and, I mean, anyway. technically. I have vomiting dog syndrome that wakes me up. Every alarm clock should be the sound of a cat or a dog throwing up because nothing makes you jump out of bed faster. Immediately. It's like... Quick, get him off the carpet! Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God! And you try to drag him. He's like, no, I'm right here. <laughs> on your pillow. <laughs> oh, exploding dog syndrome on the pillow. Oh, Ugh, God. Yikes. I had a cat blow groceries on my head once. No. Dang, he's <laughs> sitting on top of the headboard. Awful. Uh, yeah, I'll never, <laughs> never forget that. What did you do? How Scream? Many, I screamed. How, how many curse words? I scream. Oh, came it was. Out of you. Well, I don't want to open my mouth. So I had to do it with my mouth closed. <laughs> wow. I'm dying because I can relate. That's so funny. <laughs> what I wouldn't give for the video, <laughs> right? 
Oh, God. Be watching that at the Christmas party oh. for years to come. Rick jumps up in his Ebenezer Scrooge nightgown. He's like, what's that? <laughs> the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like his jokes. They're jokes, right? Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. Do you remember the uh, Davos meeting where all the elites get together, decide how they're going to crush us into to dust? The scary oh, meeting? Yeah, the, the, the World really Economic Forum? One. Yeah. Well, um, John Kerry was there as usual, horse face, and, uh, you know, he did all his preaching about climate change because he was the climate czar. Well, secretly, we just discovered that after that meeting, he was uh, resigned to did. Well, he says he retired. Really? But, yeah, he's being replaced with a new clean energy czar, John Podesta. Probably don't know who he is. Really Does he look m- like a horse, too? No, he doesn't look like a horse, but this guy's a Nazi. Seriously, this guy is the worst of the worst in the Biden administration. He's been around for a while, hiding in the back, you know, in the shadows. He's just a bad person, but he's taken over John Kerry's job. Now, how did they do that without getting a nomination and going through, you know, hearings in Congress? Well, they gave him a different job title so they could say that John Kerry's job is still open. Oh. Therefore, they didn't oh. have to go through the nominee because he would have never gotten confirmed because this guy is the worst of the worst. Oh, so this is an old, they, they pulled the old Harvard principal trick. We're not going to fire you. We're just going to give you a different title, same amount of money. You just sit in this office now and look over here and we'll get somebody else to sit here so we look a different way. Well, it's in the reverse. John Kerry is gone. He's no longer climate czar, but they left his position open. But he's still doing stuff with the economic forum, though, right? No, I don't do it. I don't know. I'm talking about the guy who's replacing him. The way they got it done without circumventing Congress so we could see what a creep and a communist this guy's in was to give him a different title, put him in a newly formed position, and not fill John Kerry's old job. Because you would have had to have approval if you had him in John right. Kerry's they old would, job, right? They would like, make a nomination. He would have to be questioned by Congress. Uh, they would confirm him, and then he would you know, have the job. But that's not what they did. So we're pretty much being run by people who, number one, weren't elected and now didn't go through any confirmation process. So they fired the janitor and hired a custodial technician? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Now, uh, to go along with the story, I was just thumbing through some of the stuff that happened at Davos. This is great. This is an Australian reporter. Uh-oh. And his name is Ivy Yemen. And John Kerry's just coming out of the meeting We heard where he told everybody he was an alien and he's here to fix the earth. Remember that one? Uh, no. He said he felt like an alien coming down and we've been put here especially to fix the earth. What a... Just Dude, what a pompous so ass. Full of yourself. Right? So anyway, he confronts John Kerry when he comes out because where is he headed? To his carbon footprint, his jet. Here it is. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? Think it's worth it? That's a stupid question. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Nobody ever great suggested question. that. Don't make up stupid questions. These people That's hate it. That's a great question, it's a, actually. It's the question everybody's been asking, but nobody ever has the balls to ask it because we don't have journalists anymore. But this guy had the nuts to do it, and he hates that because he's asking a real question, and mm-hmm. he can't answer it because he's a hypocrite. It was so ironic that he called it a stupid question because I think that... It's, it shows how out of touch he is and how out of touch all of them are because that's probably the most basic question that the average Joe, I imagine, in America, I know certainly in Australia, are asking, like, yep. why are you such a hypocrite? Yep. 
Yeah, he just didn't feel like answering. Well, a lot of them do that. Leonardo DiCaprio, who I love as an actor, but they love to preach climate change, save the earth as they walk to and from their private jet. Yeah, it's it's a little um hypocritical. Yeah. Now, could you imagine after 9/11, uh, a leader of another country? Well, there was some, but I mean, we didn't pay any attention to him. We did what we felt we needed to do, which is likewise what Netanyahu's feeling he needs to do to protect his people in Israel. But for some reason, we have this—is um, it paternal? We have this—we're yeah. better than you instinct. And uh, President Joe Biden's getting frustrated with Netanyahu. Behind closed door, he called him an effing a-hole. Why? And he called him a bad effing guy because he's not listening to Biden. See, they, they got all squishy. We're all squishy now. If somebody invades us, it's because they're leaving, they're running from climate change. If somebody comes here and attacks us, it's because it's not their fault. It's their country so violent. So they come here and attack us. Yeah. I mean, they don't all, know any better. There's all kinds of reasoning like that. It makes absolutely no sense, but that's where we're at right now. So country's filled with racists, and everybody wants to come here because of that. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu defended his position, and he's continuing his military uh, bombardment of Gaza, and they're getting close to conclude uh, to actually erasing what, you know, I guess we can call erasing Hamas from the Palestinian territory, from Gaza. But Biden has wanted him to back off a little bit, not so hard. It's a war. Yeah, dude. You know, we, we better get our stuff together because we, we, if we have to go, we haven't won a war in a long time. That's another topic. Anyway, so Netanyahu responded because this got out that he called him an a-hole. What's your response to President Biden saying that your response in Gaza has been over the top? Well, I appreciate President Biden's support for Israel since the beginning of the war. Uh, I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but put yourself in Israel's shoes. Uh, We were attacked, unprovoked attack, murderous attack on October 7th, the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. And let me tell you, uh, I think we've responded uh, in a way that goes after the terrorists and tries to minimize the civilian population in which the terrorists embed themselves and use them as human shields. We dropped thousands of flyers. We phoned Palestinians in their homes. We asked them to leave. We give them safe corridors and safe zones. So I think we're, we're doing the right thing. And now, let me tell you one other thing. We're going to win this thing. Well, I mean, I like his resolve. He's not very popular there in Israel right now for this, allowing this to actually happen October 7th. But we'll see how that turns out. But the thing is, is that they did get attacked October 7th, unprovoked. Um, you know, Hamas is not like the IDF. They're, they don't embed themselves in hospitals. Hamas embeds themselves in hospitals. They use hostages as human shields. They use children Mothers, grandmothers as human shields. They put rocket launchers inside people's homes. This is all fact. So no matter how you feel about, you know, the Palestinian people, think about who's running that little strip of land. It's Hamas, a terrorist group, and they're using terrorist techniques to try to beat Israel. And they won't rest till Israel is erased from the earth. Well, I was going to say, wouldn't it just benefit the Palestinian people if Hamas was no longer? Because then the people that 
aren't involved in this can just go about their lives without being under the rule of Hamas? Well, to try to be fair, because what a lot of the people who are backing the Palestinians uh, say is that there's been so many decades of frustration of having to live in this little strip of land with multiple millions of people, and it's just disgusting, and it's, it's a life of oppression, is that these are the only people willing to represent them by force— not not against them, but against what they consider their aggressors, Israel. Okay. So you could see how they embrace Hamas at one point. Because they, they feel like they're there to solve the problem. Right, and some of them still embrace Hamas. And obviously the protesters in this country embrace the Palestinian people who embrace Hamas. So, you know, by proxy, you're actually uh, throwing some love over there to terrorists. But that's another mm. point. But I think Netanyahu and the... Israel has every right to defend itself. Don't you feel a moral obligation to do more, to do something to protect uh, what is seen as a, to, to stop what is seen as a catastrophe? I think that any civilian uh, loss, any civilian casualty is a tragedy. Uh, and it's a tragedy that is forced upon us by Hamas. But let me tell you something, I'd be cautious with the Hamas uh, statistics. And I can tell you that uh, according to these uh, urban warfare experts and other commentators, uh, we've brought down the civilian to terrorist casualties, the ratio down below one to one, which is uh, considerably less than in any other theater of similar uh, warfare. And we're going to do more. We're going to wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, you're saying it's only been one civilian that's been killed for one <clears throat> Hamas terrorist? In Gaza? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, so we got a U.S. journalist taking the word of terrorists and throwing it in Netanyahu's face. I mean, it's just... <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. No. It's insane. Look, do you hear how indignant... What, what, what do you mean? Oh, that, that, well, are you kidding me right now? And how come this a-hole is in front of uh, Zelensky? Can't you tone it down a little bit? You've killed over 300,000 Russians. Where are they now? Yeah, a-hole? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, Pierre Mellencamp, Pepe Pepe Le Pew. Ugh. Oh, boy. Yeah, she also got in. You know, there's something she should stay out of, like, I don't know, public affairs business, communications, that kind of stuff. She should probably go back to what she, What did she do before? I don't know. She's going to do something behind closed doors. But, uh, you know, everybody's uh, questioning Biden's age now. It didn't help that this uh, Robert Herr, the special counsel that was looking into Biden's document case, which, by the way, those documents, and somebody asked me the other day, he goes, what's the difference between Trump's documents and Joe Biden's documents? I'll tell you the big difference that nobody's bringing up. Joe Biden's been stealing documents from the White House since he was a senator. 30 years ago, he was doing this. Notice that nobody brings that up because, you know, as a senator, he did not have presidential privilege on that. So he stole documents from so the White House. he shouldn't have had them to begin with? As a, yeah, as a senator. And he has documents everywhere. But that's just something aside. That's the difference between Trump and Biden. Biden definitely, they even say here that Biden, this was definitely something that, you know, normally you would charge somebody with a crime. But because of Biden, see, this is what this is all about. That's why they asked him about his son and when he was vice president and he couldn't remember the dates. They were trying to ask him that stuff to see, to test his mental acuity, to see if this guy could actually stand trial. I mean, because mm -hmm. you're going to have a jury there. Yeah. Are the jury Is the jury going to believe Biden when he speaks? Mm, I don't know. 81% of Americans yeah. don't think he's up to being president any longer. Well, but no. If he can't be tried for having the documents, then how but, could you? But there's uh, Pepe Le Pew came out there and said this. Continue to lead on leadership, right? We're going to continue to focus on what this president has been able to get done, uh, what the president has been able to get done uh, 
on behalf of the of the American people. Uh, and look, I'll quote a little bit of uh, what the First Lady said, uh, I think incredibly well, just a couple days ago. Uh, the President Biden does more in one hour than most people do in a day. Right. His age with experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. Oh, knock it off. Doctor, and how come he hasn't been, they haven't been asked to come out here and talk with us, given the, the her report that challenges the president's mental fitness? So look, uh, you know, just to speak to uh, the Her report really, really quickly. Uh, Special Counsel Her is, is, as far as I remember, is a is a uh, obviously a, re a Republican, a a a, uh, a prosecutor. He's not a, he's not a medical doctor. He's just not. <laughs> that was her answer. By the way, uh, Robert Her, who was a Special Counsel investigating Biden's document case, was actually recommended by the Democrats. Of course he was. Oh, yeah, he was a shining example of somebody who may be Republican, may be Democrat, but is bipartisan when it comes to legal work, that mm. he's very well respected. All of a sudden, the guy says well, the truth, and it's like, this guy's a piece of crap. He's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, right. This is Sarah Asker. She talks about why this whole Robert Hurd thing got into the personal stuff about his son dying and vice presidency and all that. The justice manual says that that's not enough, even if you can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to believe as a prosecutor that you can get a conviction from a jury. So why that information was included was because he's explaining to the attorney general in that report why he believes a jury would not convict Joe Biden. Now, um, moving on to uh, back to the Super Bowl. Just It's the last day we'll talk about the Super Bowl, but it, there's so much going on here. So Megan Kelly gets out there yesterday. Somebody was going to say it. She decided to do it. She seems like she's always the first on stuff like this. You know, pop culture, uh, racism in the United States and stuff like that. She came out and said this whole thing with three national anthems, or actually it was two, is ridiculous. She was on with a uh, podcasting uh, group, Crane and Company from uh, Daily Wire, and she was mm -hmm. talking about this whole thing, sitting down with them, going, she's sick of this. We were subjected to the so-called Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, before the actual National Anthem. I am sick of this. It's not necessary. It's, to me, played in this context, it's divisive. There's one National Anthem for all yes. of us, every American. There is no point, and actually it's really a middle finger to the country and to those of us who love each other, irrespective of skin color, to try to Divide us by race when we get to anthems at the Super Bowl. And then the guy from Crane and Company, they make a good point about the actual song. Song, you want to lift everybody's voices Except up, and you're excluding every other race. It makes no sense to me. I don't even know they've been doing this back since 2020. There's one national anthem. That's it. Didn't we <laughs> fight like a huge war inside the country so we would stop doing this? So we'd have one national anthem. I, we have one of the reasons the aliens won't talk to us is because we're this stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the national anthem, yeah. it's, the, it's the anthem for our nation. If you're in this nation, guess what? That's your anthem, too. It should cover everybody. Yeah, yeah, but the irony of lift every voice, big, except, or just except ours. yours. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of uh, hypocritical. We go back to Morgan Freeman when he said that uh, he goes, uh, you know, uh, Black history is American history, you know? Yeah. I mean, are we going to have, like, multiple anthems in the next Super Bowl? We think to combat racism, we should look at everything through color. Mm -hmm. We think to combat, you know, uh, uh, people that are gay, straight, or trans, we should just celebrate one of the three and and not normalize it. I, I, 
I just don't know why we do this. Can you imagine? Where's the Hispanic national anthem? Yeah. yeah. Where's the Asian national anthem? We brought, we brought Reba That's to right. Super Bowl not to sing the white national anthem. Yeah, what are we doing? They had a white national anthem. They'd have burned that place <laughs> down in the first 30 Wait a seconds. <laughs> It's called a salute to all nations, mm-hmm. but mostly America. Great. All right, over at Alvernia University in Reading, Pennsylvania. By the way, this this lady's been doing this in several universities. She's a Harvard professor, and she's traveling the country because she's got a new class to discuss with you. It's the Taylor Swift class. It's been a thing for a while, though, right? Oh. Yep. I didn't. I don't know what it is though. Like, what's the class about? Okay, so it's uh, in the syllabus. It says Taylor Swift an analysis of her lyrics, music, interviews, and more, while developing critical thinking skills. Then the lady, the lady who te- teaches the class, was interviewed, and we'll play that in just a second. But underneath, where it's a little, the, the font is a little smaller. It says they also discuss performative allyship, white privilege, racism, sexuality, girlhood, misogyny, and. Climate change. What does that have to do with Taylor Swift? I don't know what any of it has to do with Taylor. Now I have a Nothing. question. Well, the, I get the, you know, she writes the songs about her breakups and things like that. But my question is, do they need to get her permission to do that class? Like, if she if she found out what the class was about and she disagreed with the teachings in it, could she sue for them using her name and having that under the guise of like an umbrella of her? Because you would assume. When you go to this class, that these things are things that yeah. she believes in. No, I'm not saying that's the case, but that would be the assumption, yeah. I I didn't assume that. Well, it's obvious it's not. But I mean, I would just say her name. The use of her name would be something that you could sue for. I would think so. Yeah. yeah all right. I'll see you guys there. All right. Here's uh here's the teacher, the professor. I'm sorry, teaching about Taylor Swift. I am Dr. Jess Hamlet. I'm assistant professor of English here, and I teach. Um, I'm trained to teach like the Shakespeare and the British literature courses, um, but I also am doing this Taylor Swift course. I have taught uh, classes on revenge. True crime as literature, um, African-American literature, queer literature. I, I kind of do it all these days. No, you don't, because you don't do anything about American literature, do you now? No, it's always about, you know, come on, give me a break. Anyway, she goes on to talk about what she teaches. Um, this is a 400-level literature course. It is open to basically the entire student body, um, although I do recommend that students are juniors or seniors before they get into it, although advanced sophomores can be in as well. I don't recommend the course for freshmen, but it will come around again. Yeah, but <laughs> Why don't you recommend the course for freshmen? Why is she laughing at the end of her I, sentence? There was I, nothing funny in there. Why don't you shut the hell up? She was <laughs> because they were too stupid? I don't know what the story is. So They're too confused. young to understand the intricacies the intricacies of a Taylor Swift person. Well, she wants people to think that her course is so advanced oh, that it you is. need to be in a certain oh, stage of your life yeah. to be able to comprehend it. It this is. is for big smarties. It's 400 level there, Bubba. Mm. Um, so a million years ago, or like two years ago, uh, a they million or like two? <laughs> That's the, that was her comparison. Yeah, a yeah. million years ago, or like two. Like. Uh, they had asked me to do a one credit course for incoming freshman over the summer and I was like lol what if I did a Taylor Swift appreciation class lol did she just <laughs> yeah she verbally sure did. say lol yeah she sure did yeah yeah she's what like 14 oh my god yeah. that's what's teaching that's what's molding now, the education of children yes now there's thousands of Taylor Swift classes all over the world now but uh, there's some special ones here in the US and that's one of them right there professor from Harvard that is messed up yo 
Why are none of us professors at Harvard? Oh, while we're talking about Harvard, let's just let's just say they didn't learn their lesson. Harvard University is set to host a United Nations official today who was just banned by Israel for her comments justifying the October 7th Hamas attack and slaughter. They don't learn their lesson, do they? They just go through the whole thing with the anti-Semitism and everything. Wow. Wow, but she's invited on and people are going to go see her. And of course, Jewish students are frightened. I don't blame them. What is this going to stop? When is somebody going to put a stop to this? Did you see, by the way, we missed a Super Bowl commercial. I just saw it yesterday. Um, it was about anti-Semitism. Did you see this one? No, no. So the mother is Oh, leaving, yes, I did. I did. Where the mom's leaving the house with her daughter, and she goes to get in the car, and you see the mom go, the daughter says, what is that? What is that? And she goes, don't look. Just get in the car. We're going to go. And there's an, a nice neighbor that's, I guess, washing his car. And she goes, hi, Mr. So-and-so. And it flashes to the message on the garage, and somebody spray-painted no Jews on their garage. Right. So she gets in her car with the daughter and, and drives away. Well, when she drives back, it's painted over. And she looks over to see, and at her neighbor, who's still fixing his car, but there's white paint on his shoes. And she mouths the word, thank you. And he just, like, nods his head. Wow. And it was like an anti-Semitism. Yeah. Stop the hate. I think it was hate won't win or something like that. All right. You all know who Chaya Rechik is? No? No. Who? TikTok. Libs at TikTok. Mm-mm. Who? Right, uh, Chaya Rechik is the one who goes over to TikTok and takes any kind of, um, you know. Oh, is this the girl? Yeah, the girl who takes all the right. uh, videos from TikTok, uh, crazy liberal videos, doesn't do anything to them, doesn't make any comments, doesn't write a little synopsis at the bottom, doesn't do anything. Just reposts it. Takes the video and reposts it on uh, uh, Twitter, right? Yeah. And, well, X mm-hmm. at this point. Well, NBC News has targeted her. Well, she's been targeted before. Somebody docked her and was like gave out her address and everything. It's like... I'm not posting anything that you haven't already seen. This was posted by these actual people. I'm just reposting it and compiling them in one little nice little area. NBC News says that her doing this, taking those videos and moving them over and calling it libs of TikTok, constitutes a threat to those in school and with literal violence. NBC believes her uh, website ex- or her page exposes a problematic theme. and uh, You're exposing the problematic theme. You're posting it yourself. Yeah, they said there's a lot of bomb threats involved because of her post. So this is, uh, let's, let's bomb go Bomb threats are making that crap of up. Of course they are. But. So David, have any charges been brought against specific individuals who made these threats? Is there any scenario where law enforcement is looking at the owner of these of this account, uh, Haya Raychek, and saying, okay, maybe we can hold her responsible for some of these incidents? I mean, investigating a bomb threat, it takes up a lot of police resources. It traumatizes people who are at the other end of that, what sort of consequences could there be here? That's right, Ellison. Um, everyone, every law enforcement officer I spoke to, up to the FBI, talked about how much, uh, how many resources these threats take up, even when they turn out to be hoaxes. Now, uh, it's important to note that Haya herself is not uh, a suspect in any of these bomb threats. Um, the accusation from victims and from law enforcement is that she has helped to inspire or spark these threats by essentially creating a list for someone or multiple people to go through and and pick potential targets. Why don't they just go to the TikTok yeah. posts and t- talk to those people? If someone wanted to target you, they could target you on your own page. So you mean to tell me because you make a post that say, I identify as a dragon and my pronouns are Dre, Dre, and Dre, and they're going <laughs> to comment you and call you uh. and, and threaten to bomb your house because of that? 
Yep. Now but she's you be- put it out there. Now she's exactly. She's being targeted by NBC News for basically doing what the Drudge Report does. She's an aggregate site for crazy liberals on TikTok. That's all it is. But NBC News reached out to the FBI and is targeting her for this stuff. They want to take her off. Now here we delve into the data. This is the part they never tell you about. 33 instances of bomb threats. By the way, they don't tell you this. You think, oh, the United States. No, it's all around the world. And and it's since 2020. 2020. Think about it. 33 in four years or three years, if you want to be fair. So now uh, we go into those threats. We say, where did these threats occur? Well, first of all, prosecutors only pursued three of the 33 uh, threats. Three of the 33 uh, threats. None of them panned out. None of them panned because out. Because it's probably the people that are posting their own videos that are saying, and I'm not saying they're all fake, but I'm saying, I'm going to guess a big portion of them are probably made up. Now, it turns out that the other 30 threats, most were made in other countries. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, were made in other countries. Those have not been investigated. So basically, nobody's been caught you know, handing out bomb threats or anything like that. NBC News gets the FBI, sicks the FBI on her, Chaya, trying to get her to take it down simply because she is a conservative and she's reposting something that's already posted. Here's the thing, though. It's amazing. But here's the thing, though. And tell me if I'm crazy. Please, I feel crazy, but I don't think I am crazy yet. I'm getting there. But if I make a post and you repost it, Rick, and they Mm. say, Rick, you need to stop reposting it, it's not going to matter if I keep posting it myself. Yeah. Right, right. You put it out there. Once once it's out there, the internet will do whatever they want with it. That's why you should be careful before putting things Somebody out there. Somebody take my there. blood pressure. But they're not hurts. trying to prevent the post. They're trying to get her. They just want to get right. her, just like they want to get Tucker, like they want to get everybody else. They just want to, they target people these, are, these people are playing for keeps. They're not joking around. Well, that's what they said with that Disney star, Gina Carano, I think is her name, or Serrano, I think it's Carano, from uh, Mandalorian, yeah. the one that Elon Musk has helped funding her case because she was fired from Disney for being a conservative and having a different view than Disney has, and she simply stated that, and then they fired her. Absolutely. Dead gummit. That's right. Okay. Uh, every week, we for- we're fortunate to have a direct connection to the top of our political food chain in Washington, D.C. Here we go to the President of the United States... Joe Biden. Hey, good morning. Always good to be on the Lick Pasty Show with Jenny and Butt Plug. <laughs> Before I start talking with my voice here, I just want to officially congratulate the Super Bowl winners, the Kansas City Sheeps, man. No, no, Kansas City Chiefs. Did, did you enjoy the game? Oh, you better believe I did. It was so exciting. I almost didn't fall asleep six different times before halftime, Jack. Really? And I love some of those commercials they had. My favorite was the one with the Mr. T. Oh, yeah, the, the Skechers shoe ad. Yeah. yeah. He lost a lot of weight, and I, I barely recognized him. He looked like Al Roker in a Halloween wig now. <laughs> all right, all right. And, uh, and how about the guy who showed everybody to the seats at the halftime show, the the, the usher? No. He, he was something else, wasn't he? I don't think he's an hourly employee at the Green Giant Stadium, no, though. No, that's Allegiant Stadium, and, and no, he's not. So. Well, when he took his shirt off, I thought for sure Travis Kelsey's fat brother from the Eagles was going to run out there drunk and do it, too. <laughs> he does have nice boobs. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. But, but Trailer and Travis, those lovebirds were the talk of the night, man. 
there where there hasn't been a real storybook romance like that in football since well like Tom Brady and and Gazelle brunch time man yeah well president Biden if you could uh, begin <clears throat> if we could begin democratic strategist James Carville said that the fact that you did not sit down for the annual president's Super Bowl pregame interview is a sign that your administration has a very little confidence in you do you have any comment on that yeah, I most certainly do, man. That, that's nothing but a bunch of hogwash, Jack. And and thanks a lot there, James. You're a real loyal guy, Democrat. I, I just think he's a, he's a little cranky. And I would be, too, if I looked like Rudy Giuliani and the kid from the movie Mask had a baby. Okay, well, <laughs> well. switching topics, sir, to your special counsel report, which I have to admit is pretty scathing. Nothing pretty about it, dear. Now, although it didn't recommend charges against you for having classified documents in your possession, it did say some things that could possibly sway voters' minds in November. Special counsel uh, Robert Herr referred to you as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. What's your reaction to that? Uh, let me just set the record straight on this once and for all, Bub. I, I do not have a problem remembering things. I, I don't. It's the re-remembering that's a bitch, Jack. <laughs> Look, folks, here's the deal. I'm 81 years old, but I'm as sharp as an attack, man. That's as sharp as attack. Not now. I'm in the middle of a sentence. Okay. Look, folks, I'm just Amtrak Joe from Scranton I'm, who puts his pants on one leg at a time almost five days a week. Wow. Who, who truly b believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of horniness. Well, okay. Oh, oh, never mind. Uh, so, you know, even Hillary Clinton said that your age is a legitimate issue, sir. Did you hear You know that? what? That's fine. The former Secretary of State's entitled to her opinion. The crow's feet having cackly laugh and couldn't beat Trump, son of a bitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I, look, uh, hey, we're live on the air. Well, well, you know the thing. Yeah. Come on. Next question. First Lady Jill Biden defended you from this report, saying that special counsel was trying to score political points as he had been appointed by Trump. Do you like it when your uh, wife defends you, sir? Oh, are you kidding me? What red-blooded American male doesn't love it when his girl just steps right in and tries to fight his battles for him? That doesn't make me look like a little bitch at all. <laughs> Not at all. Finally, a new ABC News uh, poll says that 86% of Americans think you're too old to serve another term. 86%. Do you have any comment on that? Do I have a comment? Do you mean other than thank you to the other 14% of people who haven't started throwing dirt on my half-dead ass yet? <laughs> Look, let me just say this to those skeptical 86%. I understand your concern. And have I seen the Vegas odds that are 80 to 1 that say I'll probably keel over the White House lawn, throwing a tennis ball to my dog, and the landscapers will find me the next morning? Of course I have. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to beat the spread, man. I see. Well, thank you for calling into the show here, President Biden. Remember, Tracy, Wednesday isn't only Valentine's Day. It's Ash Wednesday for us Catholics. Beginning of Lent, man. So you can skip buying her chocolates and a steak dinner. <laughs> there, I just saved you 250 bucks, Jack. Bidenomics. Yeah. You're welcome. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Oh, my God. On 105.9 Sunny FM. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Wake up and smell the future, man. Having fun with the world gone crazy. So I was wondering the other day, since Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl again and Mahomes got MVP again, where does Mahomes now rank of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Is he number one? Well, not exactly. But he is number three. 
Um, he's gotten Super Bowl MVP three times in four tries. He's had plenty of time to build that already. He's only 28 years old. Coming wow. in at number two, the only two people that are beating out Mahomes is Joe Montana, voted number two on uh, 10 of the 12 ballots, and then coming in at number one, who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time? Oh, uh, you know, Brom Tatey. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tom Brady came in at number one. Brom Tatey. Not too bad, though. Peyton Manning comes right after Mahomes, followed by John Elway. Yeah, Elway oh, was great. Yeah. So John Stewart is coming back to The Daily Show. He's only coming back for... Uh, a small amount of time, and I think it's only going to be on Mondays. Um, but he's—I ex- know it's weird. But I want that deal. I just couldn't work one day. Yeah. Uh, but he did say, because your pr- first reaction is probably like, "Okay, well, why? What is it that you are you coming back? Because you, are you bored? Do you, are they, they offer you a lot of money, or do you miss it so much? No, there's a different reason. Well, I very much wanted uh, to have some kind of place to uh, unload thoughts. Uh, as we get into this election season. And I thought I was going to do it over at, uh, they call it Apple TV Plus. I liken television to like, if you can occasionally provide air support to those on the ground who are actually doing the work. I don't view it as I really want to have an influence on this issue, election, things like that. Because he had a show called The Problem with Jon Stewart that was on Apple Plus, and he thought they were going to move forward with the third season, and they didn't. So then he was like, well, now where do I get to talk about this? So that's why he's going back to The Daily Show. So at least he has an outlet. And you called it when we we talked about this off air briefly, because I had this story two weeks ago. And you had texted me and said, why, why are you not doing the Jon Stewart story? And I said, well, I have it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. And you said, yeah, you know, it's 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 not surprising. He's probably doing it because we're in an election year. Oh, yeah. And 100% you were correct. Yeah. And, mm. and he's a bit of a, I mean, he jumps around sides, I guess, if you're going to give everything a side. But sometimes he but, makes sense. Yeah, he's talking about the Wuhan lab back in 2020 to Stephen Colbert. And, you know, the party line in the left-leaning media was, you know, hey, you don't question it. It was came from an animal. It came from a, a wet meat lab. What was it? A wet a meat market. A wet meat market, In yeah. China. It didn't come from that lab that we were working with and giving money to. And uh, Fauci was not involved. No, no, none of that happened. Uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. What, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this, perhaps this, this, there was a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, if there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait, 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 what about this? What about this? <laughs> that was great. So if you like uh, John Stewart, he'll be back soon. 
Okay. Did you guys hear about this new store? No. What? There's a new store. We can't shop there, though. It's a new store in Chicago. It's welcoming migrants with open arms, <laughs> letting them shop for free. Well, they do that anyway. I mean, they do. They do. I mean, they don't have to pay for things. That's not necessary. They just walk in and take things. But uh, they're saying this is a new initiative. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. To support and empower newly arrived illegal aliens and those in need. It's run by uh, volunteers from some group that I can't pronounce, mm-hmm. uh, assisting in asylum seekers in Chicago. So you could basically go in and get things like um, clothes and household goods. Everything is stocked and you get to go in and you get to take things for free. Now, what's even better is how do they fund themselves? Oh, they ask for donations from other people in the community that are actual U.S. citizens. We want you to give us your money so that we can do this because they're trying to be U.S. citizens, but they, they don't have to pay for nothing. They wow. want to come over here. You give us money and help pay for them. Yeah, wouldn't that, we would all like that. Wow. I would love free stuff. Again, I, mean, I might as well just walk out, become a non-citizen, and then just come back in and get free stuff. I mean, and I need clothing taxes. household goods, too, but I got to pay for it. Remember, they're escaping climate change. Jill, let's have a little compassion for them. I'm all ready to escape my tax burden. Oh, Mia, it's like a degree and a half hotter today. I'm going to America. How many years do I have to be an illegal immigrant in order to get all the money back that I've put in? Oh, oh, no, they're getting it back. All the money you put in? How do I get some of my own cash back? You're not getting any. You're not an illegal. Yeah, can I just renounce and then come back? Go down by the river. How do I renounce? <laughs> Is there a form I fill out? Do I delete my account somewhere? No. Oh, I'm just like stuck in it? You mean I'll have to give my paycheck to people for the rest of my life yep. and even after I'm dead? Don't forget, leave a little for the student debt. And Did if I see, don't, I'll go to jail. That sounds a lot like slavery to me. Do you see the, uh, the the meme that's out there? It's so funny. It says, don't forget to hurry up and pay your taxes. There's a lot of illegal immigrants that are counting on it. That's right. Um, there's a new poll out. Now, this is a Gallup poll, so take it for what you will. Married people are a lot happier than those who are not married. Ha! Apparently, did this, they did this from 2009 to 2023. That is a long poll. With more than 2.5 million U.S. adults were asked. And during the survey period, married people consistently rated their happiness level higher than the unmarried participants did. Now, was his wife standing behind him when he said that? <laughs> I know. Research say the gap was the same because it ranged from 12% to 24%, depending on the year. So there, that's it. Well, I uh, I feel a little bit trapped. Ow, 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 ow. Sorry, honey. It's great. I'm so happy. I it's love it. Wonderful. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Sometimes she gets on my... Oh, go, 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 let go. Okay, well, you're happy crazy. in your marriage, right? Yeah, I know. I am. You're like, I can't say anything else. But because- I took a practice marriage. wasn't very happy. <laughs> that was not fun. It was a test marriage? No, the test marriage was awful. That was like... A- <laughs> Sometimes you need to know what you don't want to know what you do want. Exactly. You know? And don't marry your dad or your mother. A lot of people do that. It's oh. it's amazing without even knowing it. I don't it. think that's necessarily a horrible thing. Do you? I think it is. I know people that have married people that are very similar to who they were raised by, and they're very happy. Okay. Be like a child in my people own love, house. People love, they yell at each other. Oh, that's true. Ask him, him he's been married for how long? Over 20-something years. Over 20-something years. Look at him, though. He looked mad. <laughs> <laughs> No, the thing you, you, that you can't do, and I, 
you know, I'm sure I've done this in the past and I have a lot of friends that consistently do this and then they go, why can't I find a nice person? And I go, well, look at your pattern. If everybody you've dated is terrible, you're either making poor choices or it's not them, it's well, you. Just because he's jobless and a felon and doesn't have a car. No, I'm not even going to go there. Leather jacket. I'm this not even going to go to that. But. What I'm going to go to is... There's, and this goes for men too. Sometimes it's mostly in my life, it's the women that do it though. They try to find somebody that they can fix. So, in other words, uh, they'll say. But isn't that later? You mean later? After the bad boys. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what order comes in, but I know people that will go, here's my criteria. And I have this checklist, but instead of maybe finding someone that I have something in common with and that I can mesh well with, I'm going to find. I'm going to pick who the first Which person to come, and then you I'm going to find real dumb and no, just you, them. <laughs> you find someone that you like or you think is cute or whatever. Whoever, Malleable. A lot of the time, no. Let me what? finish. It's usually the first person that pays attention to them, and then they try to turn them into whatever their list is. They try to change them so they can go, see, I wanted them to be rich and have this car and drive this and have this kind of thing. So they, they settle. No, they, they're trying to change the person. You can't right. find someone and then because try to they, turn them so into what you want them to so be. So they settle for somebody that isn't who they want and they hope to mold them. And then they get mad them. at them for not being what they want them to be. But they try to mold them into what they want them to be. But but I think there's another element here in that a lot of girls like you um, tend to date the bad boys first. Like, you know, cops, metal heads, uh, you know, metal in, uh, musicians. Um, I didn't date someone because they were the bad boy. I dated. No, that's subconscious. That's a sexual thing. It's it's it's, it's you take care of me. You're ooh, ooh, he'll take care of me. Ooh, ooh, I'll take care of you. Ooh, I didn't really ooh, date bad boys dragger. though. I dated one guy that was in a metal band. Okay, there and was I, another one though. Wasn't there a cop or something like that? You keep saying that it's my husband. Wasn't there an assassin or something? Wasn't there... again my husband? No, there was something else. No, I'm talking back in the day. He's an assassin. Back in the day when you got free beer for tonguing some guys, what, what what kind of guys did you hang out with? It didn't matter. <laughs> I was getting free beer. Dirty steals. <laughs> But speaking of married, the golden remember the golden bachelor and we had a field day when we talked about this. Yeah. I actually liked it when it first started before I found the dark, mysterious background of that it was Gary all fake. the Bachelor. Gee, what a surprise. No, oh not, my. That it was, not that it was fake. You keep interrupting me. Do you want me to finish this story or do you just want to do your We won't thing? interrupt you anymore. No, Smoke, no. no more interrupting. Oh man. When we were talking about the Golden Bachelor, we found out about his dark past. And how he had thrown, remember the girl fell down the stairs or something like that, and then he made her move into a hotel and he wouldn't let her stay in the house. And originally I felt for it too. I thought, oh God, this guy is so sweet. And then it came out, what a weird, dark person he was. And I thought, oh man. Well, anyway, apparently the ratings were so good with the Golden Bachelor that the Golden Bachelorette is now a thing. So now instead of the older gentleman, he I think he was in his 70s, and all of the, uh, do you call them suitors when they're female? I don't know. No. What do you call them? Just, I guess... I don't know. I don't either. Um, The Bachelorettes. But now there's going to be the Golden Bachelorette. So it's going to be one female and then a bunch of old dudes. What? Yeah. That's like any bar. (laughs) (laughs) ABC's Golden Bachelor is a huge hit. Now, watch the elderly compete to complete everyday tasks in Golden Survivor. Today's challenge. On the table in front of you is a jar of pickles. You must open it without using one of those rubber circle thingies. (laughs) Golden Survivor's ready? Go! Watch as old people try to survive in a technological world. 
Okay, we've switched the source on your TV to HDMI 2. You must work together with this unprogrammed universal remote oh. to get back to Wheel of Fortune without calling your son for tech support. You have 60 minutes. See whose torch will go out before their torch goes out. I was trying to do the bug eating challenge and I swallowed my dentures. They're coming out of retirement and into excitement on Golden Survivor. Golden Survivors, today you're going to have to drive a new way to the podiatrist's office using Google Maps. Good luck. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Ready for some stupid news? You must think I'm stupid. Now, here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. All right, here we go. Customs and Border Protection has a report here. According to the agents, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection hit the major jackpot. Mm. At the Laredo Port of Entry in Texas, a refrigerated truck was flagged on the World Trade Bridge. On the manifest, it says it was hauling roses. When they opened the back of the truck, it was hauling meth. Very nice. $9.5 million worth of methamphetamine. Wow. All right. Jeez. Police officers in the UK were locked and loaded when reports came in concerning a man carrying a large knife at a hotel. When Uh cops arrived at the Enderby Hotel, they found it was less intimidating than the witnesses said. It was uh, just a dude with a uh, Harry Potter wand. Oh, well. Expelliarmus! <laughs> so did he rob the cash register, or is he just... Uh, no. Oh. No. Hmm. Well, I'm that sure he it. looked spooky. Was somebody, he in a robe? Somebody mistaken the little stick for a big knife somehow. Some oh. Somebody did. Maybe a golden bachelorette or something. I don't know. Our eyes weren't so good. She doesn't see so good. Officer, he's got a stick. Come, come quick. Hurry! All right, so you feel like robbing a place, get some money, sometimes you know, for your drug stick. for your drug habit or whatever. Police say a Lowe's store was robbed on Sunday. What are you getting there? By a couple. I don't know because there's it's not a, like people. There's credit. You know, can what? you shoplift drywall? Who does that? <laughs> it's like paint. Or You're gonna rob some place, bank. Uh, you know, jewelry store. I am Scottish type of place. You know where there's yeah, money. But those places have things locked yeah, up. They got true. armed guards. You I mean, know. So does the. I mean, you can't really walk out with the power tools. Those are all. No, no. He went to rob for money. I guess. Oh. So anyway, him and his wife or girlfriend or wherever it is, the man and the woman came in there wearing their Cookie Monster pajamas. Cookie. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, they got some stuff out of the store. Loss prevention officer said, "Hey, stop or I'll stand here." And then they called. <laughs> Don't the make co- me tell. <laughs> and then the cops came and they arrested him because you know safety. What is it called? Safety loss officer? prevention loss officer. Prevention, but yeah. they don't prevent loss. I mean, if you try, someone comes in there and tries to run out with some equipment, you're not stopping anybody. Yeah, it's more like attempted loss prevention. Yeah. You there, stop or I'll tell on you. Don't go any further. Please now, bring it back. Because now if you attempt to stop them, don't you get fired? Well, right. maybe if you're not in loss prevention. Yeah, you get fired if you don't prevent the loss, isn't it? Dr. Rachka Ramaswamy. Wow. Any relation uh, In the UK Was doing uh, Some spinal surgery Very intricate Tough surgery I mean If you know anything About spinal surgery It's it's You gotta be good Anyway Her ring was getting In the way of the surgery So she took her uh, Diamond ring Put it in her pocket Of her scrubs Uh huh Next day she realized Oh my god My ring Oh my god (gasps) my ring She reported the ring missing Mm. 
Lucky for her, 100 miles away in London, Sura Shah, an anesthesiologist registered at the Royal Free Hospital, was getting ready for the ICU shift she always does. She grabbed a pair of freshly laundered scrubs, and as she pulled on it, a ring fell out. <gasps> yeah, she heard like the clink, and she was like, the hell is this? And she found a wedding ring. She's like, oh. First, she thought it was one of the nurses in her ICU, or maybe in, even in the hospital she worked in, but then she discovered later through the laundry facility that uh, a woman in the other hospital, the other doctor, Rashika Ramaswamy, was missing her ring, and they reunited the ring with the doctor. Can you imagine across the pond? Yeah, what are the odds? I don't know. This Valentine's Day, give her a gift that she'll never forget. Jewelry from Hospital Supply Jewelers. Honey, I have a question. Will you marry me? Um, this isn't a ring. I know, it's a hospital gown, but there's more. A ring? No, a surgical mask, but there's more. A ring? No, an EKG machine, but there's more. Is there a ring or not? Yeah, I think there's one in there somewhere. So this Valentine's Day, give her the gift of jewelry plus a a bunch of doctor stuff from Hospital Supply Jewelers. Every kiss begins with clear. <laughs> the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Another hour of the fun stuff on deck. On 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Alrighty. I think the funniest story of the week, in a sort of dark sort of funny way, is Mallorca's. So there's all this stuff going on about Robert Herr. He's the investigator, the special counsel appointed by the DOJ to investigate Biden's document case. As you know, Biden did things a lot worse than Trump. But Trump is the one with 31 indictments for the documents case. And Biden, nothing. He's not going to be charged because he couldn't stand trial. Robert Herr was trying to discover whether Biden was competent to stand trial. He's not. You know? You put him in front of a jury, it's no good. He mumbles his way through things. He talks to people that are dead, and shakes hands with air, walks into walls. Falls well, upstairs. It's not like he's the president. Or, or, wait. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, so uh, all that went down. And Robert Herr was the special counsel who was supposed to uh, you know, investigate, decide if he broke the law, which he said he intentionally and knowingfully did. But he wouldn't stand trial because uh, he's just a, what was it? I, I oh, it is a. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. It is. Oh, I deleted it. Where'd it go? Jackass. That too. He's he was a well-meaning a elderly man with a poor memory. Well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Oh yeah. my God! That said the fireworks off in the Democrat Party. I mean, just everybody went absolutely nuts. Yes, used to, to be on our side. Use that next time you get pulled over. I'm sorry, officer. I don't give me a ticket. I'm just a well-meaning elderly man with a good demeanor. Okay. Think that'll get you off or no? So anyway, now everyone has been given the memo. The difference between, there isn't much of a difference between Republicans and Democrats, pretty much the uniparty. It's all the same stuff. They just do it differently. They're the same. They do the same stuff to us that no difference. However, um, when the Democrats get a talking point, they really deliver. I mean, it, it goes from the media to every every politician to every bureaucrat. They all say the same thing. They've got that down like nobody's business. Republicans haven't figured that out because they're more like that dumb dog you got. You know, the fluffy dog you love real because he's so fluffy, but he's mm-hmm. kind of dumb and he runs into walls. And he, duh, 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 duh. you know, that kind of that's what that's what rep- Republicans are. Democrats. <laughs> know how to hide their poop behind the couch. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Alejandro Mayorkas, 
in the Biden administration. He's the director of Homeland Security. He's the one who keeps saying the border's secure. And when we damn well know 9.3 million got, a, got across that border in the last few years. So yesterday he came out. He was being asked by Kristen Welker. She's the one from NBC News that just wouldn't let Trump speak when he interviewed. She interviewed him and answered every one of his questions for him. That's what they do now. She asked Alejandro Mayorkas, what's the biggest problem, difficulty when you're working with Biden? The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a joke? Uh, no, he's... No, that's... This guy... How do you describe this guy? Stupid? He, oh. he No, he lies about everything, and he does it with such impunity. He's just so... You know he's lying too, and he knows it. Do you think he knows he's lying? He's got to know he's lying. He's yeah. paid to lie. Anyway, so yeah, attention to detail, huh? Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. Now just pick one. And then, of course, the dead people he talks to. He is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. <laughs> By the way, you know how you were mentioning the border and you said how many? Nine million? Yeah. So you know the app that they use to request entry into America? They don't count those, right? Right. Those aren't counted as illegal crossings. So that app has been used over 64 million times by migrants to request entry into America. So that's what's (laughs) not being counted. There's been a stat. There's a stat out there that... I've been wrong all along, and so has everybody else. I've mentioned 9 million. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 14, maybe 15 million that have crossed since Biden mm-hmm. got in office. It's, it's astounding. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I hate to say this, but that kind of invasion, it's the end of our country uh-huh. as we know it. It's the end of oh our country God. as we know so, it. And here's the thing, too. So, the, so God, I'm just... I'm, unraveling right in front of my eyes. So the app has been used over 64 million times. This is since January, so over a year. And on average, you're supposed to make an appointment. When you come in, you request and you make an appointment, but everyone that comes in and uses app doesn't necessarily make an appointment. So the there ha- migrants have made just under 5 million appointment requests per month God. through the app. Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot more coming in than we know. And that's not the total number of people that have used it because you have to uh, uh, include those who have attempted to schedule an appointment. I guess they're saying some of that's double because people have tried to schedule an appointment more than once. But 64 million times, really? And that's that we're not even counting that in the total number. Wow. Now, do you remember back when uh, Facebook and then Twitter were uh, censoring the story from the New York Post about the Hunter Biden laptop left left at the Delaware repair shop? And then it was a lot of sensitive, confidential information. And it talked about the business that Hunter and Joe's brother, Jim and Joe, the big guy, were all involved in, you know, which is basically influence peddling for money. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, there's more coming out now. It's funny how this all comes out now. Newly disclosed emails within the Facebook family, now known as Meta, reveal that the Biden administration and its appointed officials exerted significant pressure on the tech giant. Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook frequently bent the knee to the White House and their demands, such as in one case in which email state executives were ready to tell the White House that it had demoted a video posted by Tucker Carlson by 50% in response to the White House's demand, even though the post didn't violate any of their policies. Yep. So they're just taking instructions. This is a corporation taking instructions from the White House 
to take down something that they have no right to, mm-hmm. and demanding it gets taken down, and then well, they take it down. Well, not even take it down. They're gonna they're gonna drop the the amount of people that can actually see it because they don't want you to go. Wow, a hundred million people have already seen this. Maybe I should see what this is about. They don't want that. It's like the equivalent of back in the day, like. Could you imagine they drove around to every street corner and bought all the papers just so you don't see the headline? Don't uh-huh. look at it. It's exactly well. what it is. But, you know, you can do it with a button now, so it's a little bit easier and less suspicious. Now, a year later after that email was written, in April 2021, a Facebook employee circulated an email for Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and COO Sherry Sandberg writing, We are facing continued pressure from external shareholders, including the Biden White House, to remove certain posts. Mm-hmm. In another April 2021 email, Nick Clegg, Facebook's president for global affairs, informed his team at Facebook that Andy Slavitz, a senior advisor to the Biden administration was outraged that Facebook did not remove a particular post from Mr. Tucker Carlson. With a name like Slavitz. When Clegg countered that removing content like that would represent a significant incursion into traditional boundaries of free speech in the U.S., Slavitz disregarded the warning and the First Amendment and said, do it. How many times did they remove articles and they were told they would get in trouble if the Hunter Biden laptop story was on any of those platforms and they were told, oh, this is misinformation. You need to flag people that either post it or repost it. Remember that whole thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's when panic set in at Facebook. Later on that month, uh, Brian Rice, Facebook's VP of Public Policy, raised concern that Slavitt's challenge felt very much like a threat. Okay. That's what it sounds like. But Facebook wanted to repair its relationship with the White House because, like everybody else in the media, they want access. Access equals ratings. And it equals being, which is most important to them and their egos, invited to the nice white wine dinners. You know, we clink, clink. Hey, you're a commie. I'm a commie. Clink, clink. If I don't give an invite to the correspondence dinner, I'll just cry. So the bottom line here, censorship is not a right-wing conspiracy. It's all the Democrats. Take down the post and do it now. The Biden White House don't care how. Don't care what Tucker has to say. Just take it down now right away. (laughs) Now, censoring posts on social media is pretty bad, but it's it's getting even worse now. Why don't you shut the hell up? I played you this yesterday. This is CNN. Trump is having a moment. He had a great day that day. A lot of good news. A lot of stuff happened. Supreme Court seemed to be siding on his side about the Colorado ballot case and, of course, the other states that are threatening to take Trump off the ballot. But now the new thing is to cut away from President Trump while he's speaking and laugh about it. Iran was broke when I left. They had no money to give to Hamas. They had no money okay. to give to Okay, uh, I think we've gotten uh, all the illegal analysis we're going to get out of President Trump. You know, it's odd there because Can I just this was actually an opportunity for her to come, him to come out and, and say, it well, it's not because it was, he wants to talk about himself. Okay, isn't that what you they do t- when you campaign? You talk about yourself? Isn't that what you do? Isn't that what Biden does all the time? They don't even let him speak. They don't want you to listen to him speak either because, well, if we let them speak, then they hear what he has to say, then they might form an opinion of their own and we can't have that. We cannot have that critical thinking stuff going on. Kaylee McEnany goes on about this whole thing. 
What, what was their reason for pulling away that Trump was having a great moment? Yesterday was arguably one of the best 24-hour news cycles for Trump and one of the absolute worst for President Biden. And when Trump took to his press conference, he spoke about the American people. He spoke about the issues, to your point, Iran. He talked about Israel. He talked about Ukraine. He talked about American steel jobs. The list goes on. The border. He was calm. He was measured. It was an excellent moment. And contrast that with the Biden press conference. Angry, defiant, defensive about him. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. Public that is not the judgment concerns. of the press. I see. Okay, it's your judgment, dear. Would you uh, tell me what country we're talking about today? Ukraine. I mean, it should be Iraq. Afghanistan. Oh, okay, okay. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. apologized. For what? what? Super Bowl ad. Why? Well, apparently the Kennedy clan got very upset. You know, the Kennedy family, still there's still a structure there, and they have a lot of money. So they were very upset at the ad. They said it was, uh, you know, borrowed heavily from a 1960 spot, and they were offended by that. Why? Why? RFK Jr. didn't want to upset his family, so he apologized. He said, I'm sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. This is Kennedy writing this. The ad was created and aired by the American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. FEC rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff before they do that. I love you all. God bless you. He's hoping to patch it up with his family. Oh, okay. But at the same time, he started talking about... This was... I can't can't listen to him. I'm sorry. I know it's shallow and it's, you know, everything that shouldn't be. Something that makes me tense up like horribly when I hear his voice because I can feel the struggle in my throat. In your own throat? Yeah, imagine I'm like, how he feels. I'm, I know. I, I can't imagine what it's like to speak when you got that problem. I don't even know what it is. They never talk about it. But when he talks, yeah, it's, um... it's like you start to gag yourself. But here he's making a great point about all the wars that we've been involved with and won none and none of them really had any plan or purpose. Sound familiar? This is a war that should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to Ukraine and us. The major thing they wanted. You hear that? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, and we've said this a couple of times over the last few days, turns out there's a lot of history about the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Mm-hmm. Looks like Putin wanted out several times. He even wanted, to, I know, you're believing that creeps talking points? No, no, I'm not. These are people that are involved with trying to put together some kind of peace deal between Ukraine and Russia. And they're people from the United States that obviously favor Ukraine. But they said many times their officials, their their supervisors have told them, yeah, uh, we don't want that peace deal. Just step mm-hmm. back. Well, the, the Jay- breakdown of this whole thing is like a, a lot of that started years ago when they brought down the Berlin Wall and Gorbachev's like, look, you know, Here's the thing. You have all the people back. We're we're done with the conflict. I just need a promise from you guys. No more NATO movement east. And at the time, everyone's like, yeah, you got it. Not, a, not an inch more east. And then little by little, boom, boom, boom. And then Russia's like, all right, well, look. You kind of made this promise a while ago, but we switched people so fast that... You know, it changes things up. So anyway, JFK Jr. goes on about all the useless wars. Here's talking specifically about Ukraine. Was for us Robert keep, Kennedy. I mean, Robert. Keep saying, saying okay. that's a bad habit. Sorry. Was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big military contractors 
want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases to NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop North mm -hmm. Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed, get a trapped market. Yeah. And that's why some people will vote for him. I mean, I know his other... His other policies and the other things he thinks, so I would never vote for him. But I'm saying on that one thing, I agree wholeheartedly. How many wars are we in just because we want to sell equipment to other countries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you think about it, like half of this stuff, what are we getting out of that? Nothing. Like, look, how look does it benefit us for, for us to go into some other country's dispute and say, all right, calm down, everybody. We're here to say what's going on. Now, if you don't do what we say and buy our guns and put our stuff in here, we'll let these people have it. You don't want that, do you? Fun fact. Robert Kennedy Jr. is married to Cheryl Hines. Yeah. The actress from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and she went to University of Central Florida. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's spooky, though, to think about that, that, like, we go in there and push an agenda really just to sell guns. Well, I mean, there's more to that, but, well, yeah, but, but that that pretty much is pretty much, how did Nikki Haley make that $10 million all of a sudden? Mm, yeah, I mean, how we, did she? We have no other incentive for getting involved in half the stuff we get involved in. I mean, we always say it's like, well, they're coming to get us. It's like, nobody really comes to get us, and clearly we don't care about what's happening here, but it's, it's funny to see how much stuff we get involved in when you look at it. It's like, you're going to spend all this money, all this time, all these people's lives, and is the juice worth the squeeze for us? At all? In any of them? No. Federal agencies are warning about a new scam. It's a love-seeking consumer scam. Uh, you have to be highly cautious about this cyber romance. Of course, it's all surrounding Valentine's Day. The scammers, with the help of artificial intelligence, are running rampant online. Now, Valentine's Day provides a timely reminder for the public not to fall prey to criminals using love to scam them and take their money. Demetrius Hardiman acting special agent in charge of the IRS criminal investigations branch. In, in 2022, nearly 70,000 people were collectively coned out of $1.3 billion for romance scams. Well, I mean, imagine you got a uh, AI phone call from Miss Sofia Vergara, and she just wants you to make a dinner reservation. You just have to send her $1,000 in Amazon gift cards to get it done. And I would do that. Yeah, you probably <laughs> wouldn't even realize what was happening until you're in the car getting ready to send her the numbers, and you're like... Now, a lot of them involve long-distance romances, obviously. Oh, yeah. Can't meet up with the person. It's so much easier to scam them. Now, there's other times that they do that. It's like times like these, Valentine's Day. Lonely people who mm -hmm. just want to be with somebody will be offered to have some companionship. But again, put down a deposit, you know, Now, that takes bucks. more effort on yeah. your part if, as the scammer. Right. So, they try to shy away from that. But 80% of them are the long-distance, you know... Romances. Oh my gosh, I wish I could come see you, but I just don't have enough money for the ticket. If you could go ahead and send me your Bitcoin and or Target gift cards, I can somehow turn that into an airplane ticket. But I thought that the Nigerian prince really loved me. Yeah, he's just having problems with his bank account right now. That's the only reason he asked me for money. He's rich. <laughs> Finally, this is the most bizarre story so far uh, next to the really uh, grotesque one we did yesterday, but th that was a Russian lady who... Uh, slept with her husband for four years who were dead. Her mummified oh, husband? Yeah. Uh, she that had all kinds of weird voodoo stuff. Up yeah. But this is actually strange, too. It's not gruesome like that one. This radio station that was on the air, WJLX, uh, that was on the air in Alabama and uh, doing pretty well, great big audience that all of a sudden heard nothing but... 
Somebody took their radio tower, stole the radio. The radio tower was on top of a building. It's 200 feet high. How did you get up there, one, to take it, two, how'd you get it down, and three, how did nobody see you? Now, a week ago Sunday, somebody stole the radio tower. The, the most interesting part of the story is not only that you would want to do that for the copper. There isn't, there's copper, but it's not worth all that because they had to crane that thing down from the building. I can't imagine. Eight stories to the street below, not leave a trace. There wasn't any, like, parts everywhere. No. I mean, you need a team of guys. It's not you and your buddy Jethro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a professional hit for a radio tower. The thing is, is that police have been investigating this since that Sunday. It's been almost two weeks. This Sunday, it'll be two weeks. No trace. Oh, no suspects, no nothing. It's How? National Radio Day. I know. You think they would at least, out of the goodness of their heart and feeling for radio people as poor slobs, <laughs> would return part of the tower. They no funny. <laughs> oh, there it is. And if you think you can say that just like Weenie here, you could win $97.1 <laughs> for the cool weekend ahead. Weenie have a butt. Weenie, weenie have a butt. Cool weekends in the morning, 97.1 FM. Cool weekends in the morning with and welcome back. <laughs> Wake up, everybody! Stream the Rick Stacy Morning Show at 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So last week we did the story, uh, I'll refresh your memory, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, about the mom that got kicked off the school campus because she had she does OnlyFans and she had an OnlyFans sticker on the back of her car, right? Had her name, had the little QR code or whatever. And then the school was like, you can't bring that car on campus anymore because you have a sticker on the back of your car. The thing they left out of the story originally was she said, okay, fine. So she wasn't driving on campus. She would drive and park across the street and then walk onto the campus and get her kid and walk all the way back across the street to her car. So she was doing what they asked her to do. That wasn't enough for them. So they expelled her kids. They expelled her kids from school. And she was like, uh, why are you getting my kids involved in this? That's not really fair. And they said, well, you know, other kids can see your OnlyFans. And she was like, uh, fun fact, no, they can't. I have a paywall up where you have to put in your ID saying they're 18 or older and you have to put in a credit card payment. So hmm. if any of your students have seen my stuff on OnlyFans, they're paying for it. So maybe be a little more involved in what your own kid's doing. The fact that they're that you don't see what they're doing on the internet, which by the way, there's a lot worse stuff that you could see for a lot less money. Yeah. You know, nothing's stopping you from going to Google and typing in boobs. So this is the Liberty Christian Preparatory School. Not yes, it's a private a school. Uh, it's, a, it's a Catholic school. And yes, they have certain standards. But here's the part that gets me. Uh, by the way, she makes $20,000 a month doing this. I just wanted to throw that out there. Secondly, she has been involved with this school and the church that's attached to the school for years before anybody knew what she did for a living. And they all loved her, and they let her be involved, and oh my God, and they're so-and-so, so-and-so's mom, until they found this out, and then they were like, shunned her. She's, She's like, a hussy. She said, I'm the same person I was three years ago that I've always been sitting in this church. I haven't changed. You know me. So all of a sudden, you find out what I do, and now all of a sudden, you want nothing to do with me, and I'm a bad person. Did she go in and tell them, he who hath not sinned cast the first stone? Well, they said, this is the school's quote, 
Porn is a vice and it's a sexual sin that destroys lives and breaks up marriages, which we'll get to that part in a second. Scripture is clear that if anyone that causes children to sin will be the subject to the judgment of Christ. This is their written statement. And so then they went on. It wasn't enough that she parked across the street. She did what they asked. They expelled her children. Now they said, if you want the kids to come back, take the decal off your car. So she was like, okay, she, I didn't, she didn't reveal whether she was actually going to take the decal off the car or not, but here's m- my favorite part. <laughs> They're so dumb. We would also require the mother to inform the school in writing that she took those measures and that she has a desire to sincerely seek repentance and restoration for her soul. What? Who are you? Why do I get to prove any? Why do I have to answer to you? I answer to one person, and that's the man upstairs. So why do I got to write an essay and prove to you yeah. about what I need to be? Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll see you guys there. I wonder how many of the... Uh, well, never mind. She said, forgive my language, but kiss my ass. <laughs> so she... Uh, which I thought was funny. But the other side was this lady on the news. Now, this is a little clip of her. This isn't even the best parts, but there's one of the moms on the news that's complaining about this, right? So, Rick, you had your theory behind, before we play this, who the people that would be complaining about this is, or what? I did? Uh, well, I mean, what do you mean? Before I saw her? No, no, you just said the type of people that would complain about this would be what? Women that probably had husbands that were maybe looking at the OnlyFans page. Oh, no, page yeah. Well, yeah, or- no, what I was going to say before, geez, okay, since you just started opening Pandora's box here, <laughs> I wonder how many people in the staff at that school, male-oriented, male people, are uh, know how to have their credit cards, a secret credit card to get on that site. That's a great question because originally with the story, they said, well, some kids were in the library and they were watching the video. And it's like, well, somebody would have had to put in a credit card. And you guys don't have a firewall on your school computers? They do, and it's closed internet. So how did that even happen? Yeah, Yeah. just admit that your husband of the lady who's in charge probably saw it and then, you know, she caught him looking at the boobs. So the lady that you're going to hear now, she's standing next Next to her husband, and with you know he's pre- going there. Pretty much everything short of having her arm around him, being like, "Yeah, we are against this." But here's the, and you can tell he's shaking in his boots. He's scared, you know what, Liz. So the news comes to them, and it's like, "What do you think about this dirty, dirty, porny OnlyFans mom?" Every single time the car comes on the campus, kids are exposed to that, and kids are aware of it, and kids have been looking it up. If what you're doing doesn't align with the values that the school has put into place, it is a private school, then if you don't want to abide by those rules, then you're kind of making the choice. So I have a question. So you know, he's just, all he's thinking, he's tapping his foot going, yeah, this is horrible. Why he's thinking, I gotta get to my computer and erase my credit card. So my question is, if you're gonna say that this one lady and what she does for a living has to align with your values. Now, are you going to go around to every other parent of students at that school and make sure that their job that they do aligns with everything perfectly? And furthermore, sleeping with someone before marriage is also, they say it's a sin, and also getting a divorce. Are you good? And gluttony is a sin. So you're going to go around to every fat parent and tell them that they're a sinner because they're gluttonous and kick their kids out of school? Is it a sin to charge money to teach kids stuff, or should you do it out of the kindness of your heart? Wow. What if one of them is married to a, I don't know, a lawyer? Wow. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah. Judge unless he be judged. Um, This is funny. So, Owen Wilson, uh, different actors. You know, Matthew McConaughey is known for his, all right, all right, all right. And Owen Wilson, I didn't know, every time he says, wow, Wow. he gets paid $135,000. What? 
Wow. Yes, and so now they're claiming that he has said it 102 times, um, and so he makes an average of 1,300 per word every time he says wow. 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 Do we yeah. just make him a lot of money? According to MovieWeb, he has done it 47 times in movies, and he has made approximately $218 million from saying the word wow. Wow. Is that for real? I knew a cat no, I made just it like up. him. Well, it sounds like he made it up. No, I don't have enough time to for make For serious? Yes, for serious. <laughs> what are we I, doing here? I, I, you gotta it find makes your you word. feel like a clown, doesn't it? Let me go to three o'clock in the morning and go do radio stories while Owen Wilson makes two hundred million dollars from saying the word "wow." People were doing the same thing when the Pet Rock came out. <laughs> what? No, I remember Oprah with the O when she trademarked oh, yeah. O, so you couldn't use O anywhere. It's the name of my magazine where I write all the articles and I pick all the other people that do stuff in it, and it's just about me. Didn't the Kardashians want to trademark the letter K, and they were like, "Sorry, you can't. It's part oh, of the alphabet." No, uh, Oprah did it too. Kim wanted to trademark the word "the." Are you and, kidding and, me? Yeah. She How? wanted to just get, like, simple words in there. And I was like, no, you can't do that, you idiot. Well, he trademarked wow. That's like, uh, who's Gwyneth Paltrow? Did she name her kid Apple? Yeah. And then Apple's like, hey, you can't do that. We make phones. And she's like, it's a fruit. You don't own it. Right. <laughs> I'm with her. Yesterday during the Super Bowl, or when we were recapping the Super Bowl, I had mentioned briefly that Usher and his longtime girlfriend obtained a marriage license while they were in Vegas, and it turns out it's officially they got married while they were there. Oh. So Usher is married. That's Interesting. it? Aww. That's it. What do you want? You want? Did they invite Travis Kelsey? Did he, Did do he any- pull his shirt off? Travis Kelsey yeah. and Taylor Swift went to their own after party. I was looking at videos, and... Um, Taylor's mom is pretty conservative. She's she's not shy, but she's pretty uh, she's pretty quiet. So the video that was put up, it was hilarious. It said, oh, let's go to a, an after party for our family and friends. It'll be a small one. Bring your parents. And it flashes to Taylor sitting in like a VIP area at a humongous club with 8,000 people there and music blaring and people shaking champagne bottles. And then she just like pans it over to her mom and dad just kind of sitting there. <laughs> For real? Really yeah. Funny. Yeah. And then uh, Kelsey re- went right over to them in their face. <laughs> and the commercials were another thing that we discussed yesterday at great length. But the one that seems to have been getting a lot of attention was the Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm commercial. Do you happen to have that? Um, I put you I, on the spot. I did it on the fly. I'm sorry. I probably should have okay. given you a little. Uh, oh, God. Here it is. is it, I, was it the first one? It's the first one, yeah. First and goal. No, uh, no, no. That's not it. It says commercials. Here it is. Got it. Okay, here it is. This is Arnold State Farm. Hot neighbor. Yeah, neighbor. Just like it's written on a paper. <laughs> this lady is in labor. Cut. Look at this. This is labor. Like a good neighbor. <laughs> that was the sheep. And you know it. Yeah, so, and at the end of it, it had Danny DeVito. So a lot of people were seeing it now, believe it or not, want to learn how to enunciate like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there's something that you can order to help you do that. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Want to learn how to speak like I did in that commercial during the big game and all of this? Then you need Rosetta Stone Arnold Edition. Learn how to say all sorts of things I say in commercials. Uh, how do I say the State Farm tagline? Repeat after me. Like a good neighbor. A good neighbor. Now how about the farmer's insurance ad? Repeat after me. We are farmers. <laughs> are you sure? Uh, what about McDonald's? 
McDonald's. Repeat after me. Ha 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 I'm loving it. Now get to the chopper. Stop yelling at me. So what are you waiting for? Learn to speak like I do in commercials with Rosetta Stone Arnold Edition. Order now. Do it now. Ah. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid. With Jill and Smokestack. All right. It's not a Catholic school. It's Methodist. So we go to the United Methodist Church in Woodbury, Connecticut, where we have a pastor that was making a little money on the side. We just talked about the Catholic school with the OnlyFans lady and Well, it's a private, private Christian school. I don't think it was a Catholic school. Well, this school, is, but this it was, is uh, yeah. United Methodist Church in Woodbury. So okay. Is that private? I guess it would be considered private, right? So anyway, Friday night, uh, officers got a tip that the old pastor there was selling meth. Oh, out of the rectory. Isn't, oh. that, isn't that usually where they hide it to get through TSA? Stop. <laughs> Richard. <Ba-doom. laughs> anyway, uh, when the state police investigated, they said in a news release that the pastor was indeed in possession of crystal methamphetamine in both rock and liquid form in a hypodermic. The pastor was arrested at a drug deal set up by a witness who tipped police off. The pastor was released on $10,000 bail. But there's still one question. Who knocked out the pastor? Uh, well, altar that's boy. the thing. He gave his own confession. Wow! This video has made it around the world. There's a very serious trial that was going on. It's about the killing of a two-year-old, so it was very, you know, can imagine that, right? Good God. Now, uh, this judge in Oklahoma, I guess, didn't realize that there's security cameras all over the courtroom in case she gets attacked. Yeah. In case somebody in the courtroom gets attacked, you know, anything happens in there, they want to have a, it's like 20,000 cameras. One of them is right over her head. So uh, she was bored with the trial, so she started texting people. What? District Judge Tracy Soderstrom. I'm sorry, you can finish your testimony in a second. Oh, my God. Was caught on video hours and hours of presiding over this trial while she was texting friends, scrolling Instagram, what? just basically on her phone. She's been removed from the bench. And she had to promise never, ever to seek public office ever again. And they wouldn't, you know, sue the crap out of her. Oh, oh dude, gosh. I would love to read the text. Hey, what are you doing? <sighs> Presiding over this stupid murder case. Oh, my gosh. Boring. <laughs> That's awful. Isn't it? Would rather be at the bar getting licked by that guy that works nights. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's employee revealed a bizarre order she got the other day from DoorDash. It's through DoorDash. Um, they wanted a packet of salt. Yeah, how lazy are you? Oh, come on! Uh, Bring par- me my salt. Apparently this happens a lot. So this time the video was about a DoorDash order. On her delivery pickup screen was an order for DoorDash, and it was a packet of salt. So she prepared the order. She got one of the McDonald's bag, big bag, put uh-huh. this little packet of salt right in the center, took the bag and used those McDonald's little stickers and mm-hmm. sealed the bag, put it in the window for the DoorDash guy to pick it up. She says... It- she posted this on TikTok, got 602,000 views since last week. I have a question, because I've read this story too, and I was wondering, is this the second part of an order? Like, did somebody, I'm not excusing it, but did somebody make an order prior to that and go, oh, they forgot my salt, and then go back and say they forgot my salt, so someone went back to go get it? Not that, I Oh, mean, that does did? seem plausible. Uh, no, I assume that's what it is, but at the same time- uh, you don't have salt at your house. Can you, yeah, I mean, don't you? You don't have any salt in any Can way? you just skip the salt for once? Is it that <laughs> critical? That or like, you, you don't to... have salt and pepper at your house? Anyway, so this happened before McDonald's. Uh, they get an order for syrup in a cup. So, <laughs> the 
The syrup just seems the harder syrup. to come by. I could see that. But. The server put the cup in the bag and put it in the window. And also, there was another one who ordered a syrup, and then uh, she decided not to give her the syrup. She gave her everything but syrup. She gave her M&Ms, mini fries, uh, hamburger. I mean, just totally everything but the syrup. On purpose? Yeah. God, people are nice. asses. That's the one who works there, so. And finally, a list of people, of guys, that screwed a pooch on Valentine's Day. Richard, are you on that list? No, I gave you... her her Valentine's last night. Oh, really? Yeah, just... Um... A preemptive strike. <laughs> I like it. What'd you you know what? Seeing as I'm going to forget by Wednesday, we both know it. Here's everything now. Please enjoy. And when <laughs> Wednesday comes, I don't want to hear any crying. What'd you get her? Just uh, some orchids. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, a little bowl. A pretty flower. Yeah. They'll die. I'll never be able to resuscitate them. I hate orchids. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> you were you could have left it. You would have oh, nice. And you got right. They're stupid flowers. And then they'll die. But they were and so pretty. But they're so in my floor and stain it. And it's paid in my ass. Got her flowers in a torque wrench, but I don't think she'll like that. <laughs> she'll give it to me. But orchids are like a hot woman. You, you know, you, you fall in love with them and then they torture you the rest of your life because the leaves fall off in like two seconds. And yeah. then... You're like, okay, the come you back. Like give them constant attention. They a, leave. A year later, come back, come on, come on, come, come on, on, come on, come on. You can do it. See, that's how I feel about lilies. Are my favorite flower, but I hate getting lilies because the little um, stems fall off in the center and then they stain your counter or they stain the floor because they're orange yeah. oh. and they turn everything orange and yellow. So as 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 much as I do love a lily, uh, they're kind of a pain in the butt to have in the house. Yeah. So a woman met a guy on Tinder and. Their first date was on Valentine's Day. Instead of the guy, she went to the restaurant. She found his wife. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Hi, I'm his wife. Hurry oh. up. Uh, this day. one guy took his girlfriend to KFC. He worked there. He got a 15% discount. Cheap ass. Uh, this guy told his mom, hey, here's 20 bucks. Go out and get my girlfriend something. She ended up getting candy hearts and a cheap plushy rose, which he said was better than a real one because it, it will never die. I think that's a sweet gift. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Remember when you were in high school, or at least when I was in high school, you'd be all excited because you look at Valentine's Day, I'm going to get a little teddy bear and I get some flowers and that's all you wanted. Yeah, gave her a gym membership and a juicer. Hey, they fatty. Didn't, they didn't talk for a few days. <laughs> wow. This guy, he, this guy tattooed her initials on his arm. It was a nice gesture after a nice date, but she'd secretly been thinking of breaking up with him on that day. Yeah, can you turn that into like a monkey or something? Yeah. What else could you spell with that? And finally, he was pissed because she didn't want to get high with him and five of his friends to go over to get Chinese buffet. Smoke, I, I told, told her you. not to tell. I didn't... <laughs> And I guess the worst thing you can do is what I used to do or in Christmas is go there on uh, you know 11.59 a. p.m. the night before and pick something out from the bin that's been picked through for the last two days. From like the gas station or the Walgreens? Yeah, there's some crumbs left. Yeah, the gas station's a good place to go. You want to wait till 12.01 so it's 50% off is what you're trying to oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you procrastinate finding the perfect romantic present? It's not too late to give her a gas station Valentine's. Perfect! My gas light just came on too. Just peel away the brown petals of our last minute roses. Guaranteed to last for one whole day. That's all the time I really need. And show her you're lucky in love with lottery tickets that have <laughs> pink and red hearts on them. Perfect! She loves money. Then pamper her with our premium priced items. 14 bucks for a tiny bottle of Advil? She's worth it, isn't she? Yeah, but I also need a card. How about a prepaid telephone card? She can call <laughs> Guatemala for eight cents a minute. Oh the gas station has everything. We even have heart balloons on plastic sticks. 
fill her up with love and make it a gas station Valentine's. The station is about sex, violence, and the weather. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like that. On 105.9 Sunny FM. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.